African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, you are listening to Channel Africa, The African Perspective. Thank you for joining me, Benjamin Mushatama, right here on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. And remember, we're on DSTV as well on Channel 802 on the audio bouquet. Uh, they we're given an opportunity just now to interact with the president just a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we will ask him questions a bit later on. So he's just walking us around the conference hall, showing us uh, different exhibitions that have been put up by different organizations. And um, what happened earlier on was also that there was a media briefing just to brief us as to what is going to happen today and um, what what is going to happen, Benjamin. Mm. What's on the card today is sure. discussions around economic growth. Mm. Um, we on program also discussions about uh, health and education. So right now, um, I think they're going to just cut us. Now we're not going to be even allowed to talk to to, to be on our mobile. So we're just doing the walkabout with the president right now. All right. Um, uh, just how's the mood there today? I know it's been a busy uh, weekend. How's the vibe that side? Earlier on, I saw that it was a bit quiet and the environment was a bit uh, uh, really, really not. I didn't see a lot of delegates when I was looking at some images on television and the stuff that I've been following online. Benjamin, you know, it's very difficult for the media to even tell. I can't even tell you what the mood is like inside. And like I said earlier, we are not allowed to enter the premises. Mm. Um, We're not allowed to enter the conference room. Our movements really are restricted. Um, So it's really, really quiet. It has been like that for the past three days um, since Saturday when Mm. the closed session started. So when we do get a chance to meet with delegates, you know, um, um, members of the executive or uh, executive members, we do steal a moment here yes, and there, a minute or two, to just talk to them, to just get an update. But they are not allowed to talk. They're not sanctioned to, to talk mm. to us um, only um, um, officially when the media briefings take place. So um, it's been really, really quiet. I must say there are um, leaders who come out and just give us, you know, just snippets of, of what is happening inside. But um, when I spoke to the Minister of Small Business Development mm. yesterday, Ms. Uh, Lindy Wezulu, she said, you know, she expressed... Um, 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 she said she was happy mm-hmm. about um, the progress of, of the, 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 the conference, you know, to say they are surprisingly in unison and said, um, you know, at, at the naysayers who expected um, this conference to be overshadowed by um, the sections and, um, um, and arguments about um, power struggles, none of that have been happening in the actual discussion. So um, then we would assume that it's quite peaceful as seen on Friday. There wasn't a lot of commotion as was predicted. Well, thank you so much, Sidney. I'm sure you have to get back into the business of the day because this is your limited opportunity to speak with the delegates. But thank you for crossing to us. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you, Benjamin. Well, let's move on quickly now and move on to what happened on Friday itself. South African President Jacob Zuma told delegates at the 
with the ANC National Conference that their discussions should be informed by unity. Uh, the governing party is holding its much-anticipated policy in Daba at Nasrak, Johannesburg, and the week-long conference has been called uh, to refine the ANC's policies ahead of its elective conference. We know that's happening later in the year in December. Uh, this is how uh, uh, President Zuma uh, addressed the crowd. Our discussions must be informed by unity, which is the rock upon which the ANC was founded. We were taught this by the founding leaders of the movement. And with calls from some party veterans and stalwarts that he should step down, President Zuma was skating about his critiques. Some veterans, including Professor Ben Turok, Mavusom Simang and Frank Chikan, among others, have called on Zuma's removal. But President Zuma says these veterans should know better about what the ANC constitution says about the removal of the president. Well, they are very organized. They organize the media, communicate with us in the majority of cases through the media. Now, I'm not sure whether it is true because I've been traveling a lot. I was told that um, they said to the SGO, they don't think the quality of the discussion here will be at the level. They need serious discussion. So these are the people who claim they have the values and the understanding of the ANC, but the branches that are the organization, they think, no, just riffraff. But some veterans, including Winima Tigizela Mandela and Frini Jinwala, are attending the policy in Daba. President Zuma also told delegates that to overcome the challenges facing the ANC, they need to draw lessons learned over the past hundred years. He says the ANC survived the most difficult times in history because of these trades. Its deep roots and connection with the people. Its vibrant internal democracy and collective leadership. Its readiness and willingness of its members to make sacrifices in pursuit of the cause of the people as a whole. Its readiness to acknowledge its weaknesses and decisively address them. The governing party has long been lauded for adopting good policies but criticized for lack of implementation. And President Zuma proposed the introduction of a monitoring unit to follow up on decisions taken at this gathering and also to ensure there is follow-through on policies adopted. I am Debu Mokobe in Johannesburg. Yes, you're listening to Channel Africa, uh, the African perspective. Uh, thank you for joining us on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band uh, to Southern Africa, giving you the action of what's happening at the Fifth National Policy Conference. It's ending on Wednesday. It is a big moment for the ANC. They've got a lot of issues in terms of uh, really the identity of uh, the African National Congress in terms of uh, uh, the reputation now that has become uh, corrupt riddled and also we know that in terms of governance they have some issues there in terms of the economy of the country the highest unemployment rates so far so they have to deal with those particular issues and also the fact that uh, uh, the uh, the factionalism that we've seen around the leadership of South African President Jacob Zuma has been a big issue in the last year or so so we'll be discussing those issues with our guests we'll have Dr. Inna Khos who's a senior lecturer
and also he is, she is a political uh, a lecturer at uh, uh, the Department of Political Studies and Governance at the University of Free State. Also, we have a young man in our studios, Tulani Mbangane, who holds an honors degree in industrial psychology and is currently uh, completing his master's in industrial psychology. I brought him in because of the dynamic of uh, youth unemployment in, in the country, and that's one of the big challenges uh, that uh, uh, the ANC has to really deal with. And he wrote a very fantastic piece here, Tulani Mbangane, titled ANC Social Transformation Policy a Critical Analysis. So we'll come back to our guests. Let's take a quick break and then we'll start the conversation after this. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's international radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. Listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese and Chinyanja. Nam, kwenye line ya simu hivi sasa najiunga moja kwa moja. Farafina. Farafina. Terre de soleil. Kia makande embalelo kina Miriam. Está na companhia do serviço em língua portuguesa do canal África, a voz de renascença africana que transmite a partir dos seus estudos centrais de Auckland Park, cidade de Johannesburg, África do Sul. Zochitika, mu África! Informing the world about Africa, Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Yes, you're listening to Channel Africa, looking at the African perspective. Thank you for joining me, Benjamin Mushatama Raich, in African Dialogue. From Monday to Thursday, we bring you experts, we bring you ordinary citizens, whoever we have the chance to speak to, uh, to look at some of the hard-hitting issues on the African continent. Well, today we're coming back to South Africa. Uh, you know, the ANC is having an introspective moment right now with its policies, with the organization itself, its identity, and also some of the critical aspects that they've gone under in the last uh, uh, year or so. We know that uh, in the recent uh, 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 local elections, they lost uh, major, major metros, which has uh, actually questioned uh, their uh, ability to actually move into the 2019 uh, elections, national elections, with full confidence. And I'm joined on the line by Dr. Inahos, and I've got in our studios Tulani Mpangan. Let me start with you, Dr. Inahos. It is actually very evident, listening to the president of uh, the ANC and the country, that uh, the ANC's battle against opposition parties seems to be central, especially to this specific conference. We heard from the president at the launch of the conference criticizing the fact that uh, uh, the opposition parties are fighting their battles in courts. How do you think this issue of uh, opposition parties will influence policy uh, decisions this time around? Well, it has to influence it a great deal. Um, you just said they lost a lot of ground um, in the uh, local elections, and they lost, um, you know, governance, governing in, in, in key metros, which if, you know, the ANC don't take it, a, a look at themselves, can mean that they lose uh, provinces when national elections come, come around, and, and, and which will make them lose elections. And 2019 is looming for them in a very large way. Um, I think it, 
the shock of losing particularly um, Johannesburg and Pretoria and what that can mean for them um, is, is, is foremost up in their minds, I'm sure of that. The problem they have is focusing so much on <clears throat> opposition that they don't understand or, or take a real good look at um, what they have become as a party and the way they govern um, and the way they lack in, in, in good governance. And the expectation was coming into this um, policy conference that because of their leadership problems mm. and the, the fact that there's um, very little faith in particularly the, the, the president and, and, and various cabinet members and officials, that whatever they decide, whatever they talk about um, during this, these few days um, are going to sound like it's hollow words, mm. um, not meaning anything until they fix that particular problem. So which ANC policy will come out on top? Is it the ANC who is perceived to, so, uh, to have sold the country to the Kuptas, who uh, is perceived to have facilitated state capture, mm. who contemplates confiscating land, who supports the mining charter that there's so much um, criticism about, mm. um, you know, who doesn't understand how irrational political decisions can tank an economy, or is it the other ANC who knows all this is wrong, and even say so in public, sure. but has no idea really how to get out from under that ANC bus or what to do about anything uh, without losing in 2019. And that's their problem. You know, you highlight something very important there, Doctor, the fact that um, the ANC is very good at introspection. They're very good. And I've heard in this past weekend from the president to other stakeholders within the ANC speaking very critically of themselves, almost analyzing themselves and even asserting some of the notions that we've heard in the public space from corruption to their link with Gupta, even highlighting the problem of the state of capture issue. And in that it's diagnosis as they use usually do self-diagnosis themselves but the problem with the ANC is the fact that it is very difficult for them to actually amend and actually create some actions against some of these problems and challenges that they have internally well identifying the problems they have as you say is one thing and they are good with that although you know if we think about the anti-diagnostic report that came out on Friday uh, various high-profile delegates wanted to, to, to prevent this report from being published, sure. um, which is, you know, saying something. Um, but they lost this round, uh, the so-called, um, I think, uh, um, stalwarts for Amazuma camp. But sure. um, the problem is how, holding themselves accountable is the problem. How, how, how it's holding individuals accountable who they know have done something wrong. Um, instead of just redeploying them somewhere else, for instance. Um, we sit with so much evidence now with all the emails that came out of, of, of wrongdoing. There's mm. evidence now mm. that needs real investigation and at least from the party side, acknowledgement that this is wrong and that these people must at least be um, go on suspension, uh, you know, unless, uh, until the proper investigation is being done. So uh, recognizing their problems, yes, but having them, themselves accountable is a big problem.
Mm, let me come to you, Tulani Mpangani, in our studios. Thank you for coming through. I was very impressed by your analysis of uh, the ANC social transformation policy that was uh, published online. And you say it's your first piece, and I think it's a very great piece for it to be your first piece, Tulani, to go on public. But, Chair, you speak about uh, the space that the ANC finds themselves in, highlighting a lot of socioeconomic challenges. Tell us a little bit about that backdrop, uh, Tulani, some of the challenges that you think the ANC faces currently, especially from a social aspect? Uh, Good morning to Benjamin and the listeners at Channel Africa. Uh, It's a great honor for me to be here. Uh, Yes, on the the issue of social transformation, uh, after thoroughly going through the the social transformation document uh, for the National Policy Conference, uh, you can see some gaps in in the policies. You can can see it's like they don't express comprehension of the fact that uh, true reconciliation in the context of social transformation cannot mm-hmm. occur in the absence of economic equality. Okay. And when we talk economic equality, we're talking the gap between the township economy and the mainstream capitalist corporate economy. Mm-hmm. So, and the most affected of the uh, of, 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 of the township is the youth mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the youth in terms of um the policy the policy like uh it emphasizes entrepreneurship as a as a, as a tool to combat unemployment mm. but yet the youth are not empowered they don't have the resources for entrepreneurship itself let alone getting equipped for employment mm. so now my perspective on the issue of entrepreneurship is that maybe you should try and groom the youth from a young age that entrepreneurship is also a, a career path that they can take mm. maybe incorporated into the academic spaces spaces mm. whereby whereby from high school from primary we do teach entrepreneurship as a subject mm. so that by the time you you, you, you matriculate mm. you already have an idea of of entrepreneurship and not and not going to entrepreneurship as a subsistence measure mm-hmm. out of desperation. And also in terms of you highlighting that particular issue because as I think it's very important that you speak of that. The fact that uh, we can't use this po- this policy conference as almost um, a fix-it-all mechanism. There mm-hmm. are systematic issues that need to be repaired, well, whether within governance of the ANC, but also we need to structure our policies right on the ground to the top, don't come with a top-down approach, and I think sometimes that has been some of the mishaps that are really uh, distorting the ANC's policy philosophy. Yeah, that's true. So that's true. Because yeah, we need like a bottom-up approach, like at, from ground level. We need like stalwarts at ground level that understand the experiences of our people at the ground level. And it's not just like about uh, a general one-size-fits-all sure. uh, approach to, to to the situation because people differ. Like every 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 situation is exclusive. Mm. You know what I mean, so we need to like come up with a policy that will cater for every individual, regardless of their new, unique characteristics. Uh, even in terms of in terms of policy. In terms of policy, the best way to do that is have standards at ground level, like branch members of the ANC. They're the ones that need to be hands-on. It's their job, like, to report to the top structures. 
Mm. So at ground level, they're the ones that need to be like more conscious of the issues mm. pertaining to social transformation. Let me come to you, Dr. Inahos, because Tulani highlights a very fundamental issue here, which is uh, the fact that you know policy decision-making within the ANC structures has become almost an academic effort. And in, in, in that realm, there has been kind of a big, big disparity when it comes to the fact that the issue of unemployment has been one that has actually created a lot of inequalities in our society. We see the highest uh, unemployment rate amongst young people. Our unemployment rate itself, it's in its highest it's ever been in many, many years. And it's those social disparities that are highlighted by Tulani that are going to be actually ones that the ordinary citizens are going to actually hold the ANC accountable when it comes to 2000 19. Well, there's no doubt about that, and we see it already. And Tulane is, in, in, is completely right in, in, in his um, assessment that the ANC tends to have um, a blind eye <clears throat> to the reality of its own internal divisions, which I think perpetuates this entire thing. And, and, and what's interesting is how particularly the delegates now, and I've saw, see, I've saw some of the things uh, Maposa said over the weekend, how they play politics with this particular issue. Mm. He's now coined the phrase, instead of uh, radical economic transformation, it's now radical social, social economic transformation. Mm. Um, to take ownership of that um, you know, concept for himself now and his own agenda. Mm. And, and already, uh, Dr. Hose, that, that already decision, shows mm. the factionism in that the fact that they have different definitions of the term radical economic transformation. Yeah, well, the, the, the Zuma side will just say, you know, that's what we meant all along. You know, if, 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 <laughs> if you talk to them. Mm. But, but what Ramaphosa wants to highlight now is that division between uh, what's happening on the ground and the leadership. And he's been praising the... Um, the branch managers who are so brilliant in the assessment of uh, local issues and how to handle them. But now people are asking, where are these brilliant um, branch managers when it comes to actually governing locally, mm. um, where the development is supposed to take place, where the local economic development is supposed to take place, where you need to see the social transformation happening, um, which, which is not um, at, the, um, at, this, at this stage um, evident at all on local level. So if, if the idea is to absolutely focus now on a ground-up approach um, to do the politics and to, to create these policies, we would like to see that. But the academic side is important, as he said. You know, it's a question of talking for four days and telling us everything mm. we already know, mm. the problems that are just repeat again, but don't come and tell us what they're actually going to do. And moreover, what is actually possible to do right now in this economic environment with this particular budget. And, you know, we're all waiting to see that and not mm. just more repetition of, yes, we see that, or we have been saying that, or, and so on and so on. Mm. Well, that's the voice of Dr. Ina Hose, who is uh, a political analyst and senior lecturer of political studies and governance at the University of Free State. I also have Tulani Mbangani, who is uh, holding a, an honors degree in industrial psychology, wrote a great piece titled ANC Social Transformation Policy, a Critical Analysis. And another area that uh, he highlights, just to uh, read something from his piece, uh, uh, here he says, for instance, in the lead up to the 2016 municipal election, 
elections, no less than 25 deaths of potential councillors from the ANC were recorded, with branch members and leaders confirming that the deaths were attributable to internal contests and internal culture of political maturity and political tolerance is likely to have a more marked effect at efforts promoting peace and stability in society. One of the uh, biggest, biggest problems is that internal factionism, that internal struggle for power within the ANC. We're going to uh, come back uh, after this break uh, and, and deal with more of these particular issues. Uh, Tulane is an, an enthusiast in, ter- in terms of entrepreneurship. I want to speak to you, Tulane, around your issues as a young uh, thought leader on the issues of uh, uh, what this economic uh, transformation means, especially the radical uh, part of it, because it's easy for us to throw those terms, but do they make any sense? Uh, it's 11.32 Central African time. I'm going to take a quick break. We'll be back. Good news for listeners in America. You can now listen to Channel Africa by phoning 605-47-1711. So, if you're a Channel Africa listener in America, simply dial 605-47-1711. Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. We have great news for you. Channel Africa has gone mobile. If you have a cell phone, you can now download the mobile app for Android. You can get it on Google Play. Get the latest news from Africa. Get the Channel Africa app. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspectives. Yes, you're listening to Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. Well, uh, right now, underway at NASRAC, Johannesburg, South Africa, the ANC uh, policy conference is underway. I can see online here, apparently, the uh, the Commission on Education and Health that's chaired by uh, Naledi Pando is currently underway at NASRAC, Gauteng. Uh, but let me come back to our studio, coming to you, Tulane. As a young thinker, um, I think that uh, you represent... Uh, a great future in terms of your views on on what you think the social landscape of South Africa should be. When you look at what has been said at the radical economic transformation, the definition in itself, when it when it becomes politicized as as it has, uh, especially within the ANC's framework, what do you think of this particular term? And do you think uh, uh, it's a realistic term looking at uh, how our economy is already structured? Uh, so, in terms of like uh, radical economic transformation, like the conceptual definition aims to like incorporate like the black people, our people into the mainstream economy. That's the conceptual dis- definition. But mm. in practice, in practice, it's like we haven't witnessed it yet. Mm. We haven't witnessed. I don't think we've witnessed like even the beginning stages of it yet. Mm. It's still far off the mark in practice because when you look at the township economy mm-hmm. as it stands right now, like it's not even in, in incorporated into 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 into. It's not even formalized. Mm-hmm. It's like viewed. It's it's marginalized. It's even. almost peripheral to the main to the main economy. You, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's alienated, if I may say so. It's alienated, and it's a very huge economy. If if we were to pay particular attention to it, 
you realize that it's a very like strong economy when you look at the the quarter businesses in the township when mm. you look at the even the gambling side although it's not really legal but mm. that's, a, <laughs> that's a very like strong economy if mm. you can invest in that and and and, and focus on like asset based uh development instead mm. of like starting a fresh well mm. i think that would be like the right way to take it because as things stand, I don't think we've taken like the, even the first step to radical mm, mm. economic transformation. So let me come to you, Dr. Inahos. It is problematic, this particular phrase of radical economic mm. transformation, because our economy has already been structured in the way that it is. And um, for the ANC to come 20 years down the line and to say we want to create some form of reformation and, and, and change the way that economy looks, um, do you see that as being a, a realistic at this point of, of, of time? in our uh, uh, democracy? How shall I put this? I don't think it's realistic for the particular administration to achieve it, mm. um, if I can start from that point of view. Mm. Um, but that it has to happen is, is, is just a given. <clears throat> you, you can't avoid it. And it, it's, it's become something that could have been gradually happening, um, you know, uh, with evidence of it happening in the past 25 years, it's become something that is now very urgent to the point where um, livelihoods are, are, are just disappearing on a daily basis. And this is what I'm talking about where, where, where I said at the very beginning, we're mm-hmm. dealing with a, a, a government at the moment where it doesn't understand how irrational political decisions can tank an economy. And that is what we have seen in the past few years. Um, there's not a realization of what needs to happen. And, and it's, it's difficult because you you need on the ground, as Tulani said, uh, that development happening economically. But we're dealing with a government who's now saying we have to be radical. And for them, that is nationalization of mines and land and banks. How will that create opportunity for people mm. to have profit-driven businesses, which are in the end job-creating businesses? So finding the balance between that, I think, is, is difficult, particularly in the situation we're at now, where the rating agencies have you know, dealt us a few blows, where investor confidence is nowhere. Um, I don't think this particular administration has the skill or the know-how mm. or the focus to deal with these issues. And I want to come back to the youth unemployment issue, you know, and and maybe that that brings me back to you, uh, Tulani, the fact that we have such a high... Uh, rate of unemployment amongst young people. It's a, it's, a, it's a ticking time bomb, in my view. The fact that we just have this huge population that is sitting at home, and there's so much potential, there's so much uh, um, a man force within that po- population dynamic. As a young um, academic yourself, how do you think that we can resolve this? What does the ANC need to do in this policy conference to make sure that they accommodate the youth uh, aspirations? Uh, when it comes to youth unemployment, I think the consequences are very clear. Like all this drug abuse, alcohol abuse, it's, it's a result of unemployment. You know the saying, um, an idle mind is a devil's playground. Mm-hmm. I think the manifestations are quite clear. But in terms of what the ANC needs to do, uh, I think they need to like bring the private sector into the party. Sure. I mean, every private sector, every every major corporate in South Africa right now, is obligated to have like um, corporate social investment policy sure. of some sort. So their CSI policies need to be like in correlation with the 
current issues that the country is facing. It shouldn't be about what they prefer. It should be like in correlation with, with the issues of unemployment. So they need to come to the party in terms of like making provision for the necessary resources because they're already making money off our country already. So the least they could do is incorporate the youth into their CSI policies, their, their corporate social investment policies, mm-hmm. whether it be through employment creation, whether it be through supporting small enterprises that are led by the youth. Mm-hmm. But some way, somehow, the private sector needs to come to the party. And, and in terms of also the fact that, uh, you know, we've got a lot of um, youth um, aid agencies that are linked to the government, but it seems like they're not really creating that impact they were intended to have where you have a lot of money channeled to these departments, but it seems like the youth are not actually geared enough to actually know how to use those resources that are there. Yes, yes, Benjamin. Uh, it goes back to, to, to what I was telling you about uh, educating the youth about entrepreneurship from an early stage. You could you could incorporate, like, from primary school even, mm. add entrepreneurship as a, as a subject. High school, add entrepreneurship as a subject. Varsity, make it compulsory, like, as mm. a module mm. for you sure. to, to, to do entrepreneurship from the get-go. So you can't, you can't give the youth resources knowing very well that you have never educated them on mm. how, to, how to mobilize those resources to, to, to create sure, s- successful sure. enterprises. So even, even in terms of like the types of businesses that are at play, I don't think um, they mostly like uh, 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 affect the youth in, in, in a way like I think we need like a talent hub or some sort because mm, um, mm. there's plenty of talent in the, in the in the township, but there's not enough resources to 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 convert those talents into a success. So maybe a talent hub of some sort. Maybe like if someone from the hood wants to be a rapper or something, mm. there should be resources. There should be like a community studio whereby they can go and record their songs. And then if someone wants to be a soccer player, there should be those facilities. If you want to be a sports, mm. like what you're saying, because it's just practical things. But I, I want to mm. come to Dr. Inahos, in terms of the, the oh. challenges, I think we've highlighted various challenges. There's the socioeconomic challenges. There's this youth dynamic that we have. That's why I brought Tulane into the program because it's a it's a time uh, more. It's it's in time that we're going to see this population becoming one of the uh, uh, biggest problems in our economical structures. But moving beyond that is the ANC's identity. It's the ANC's reputation, the ANC's history is at stake here. And they need to redefine themselves once again and move forward with a, a new, a definitive uh, idea of who they are and the values that they hold. This is a challenging moment for the ANC to do that. It absolutely is. And this is the, you know, this year I think is their last chance to do that. Mm. If they come out up with viable policy decisions that talk to and resonate with people, particularly the youth, that will help. But not taking care of um, leadership problems, particular individuals that, are, that we everybody knows mm. shouldn't be in charge of this country anymore. Um, whatever they plan to do will, will just, you know, go off the rails immediately. So December is then going to be the next major issue for mm. them, mm. to see who ends up being leaders. And if factions will accept the outcomes, you know, if it will be a transition, if there is one mm-hmm. that is smooth and accepted. Um, so everything is, you know, everybody's holding, you know, their breath to see. And the youth is not only holding their breath, they are, you know, suffocating. Mm-hmm. 
and they have for a long, long time. And they've been patient for a long, long time. Um, and what's interesting about these youth, youth organizations that you've, 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 you've talked about is, you know, they are being criticized by the ANC in some instances because of the questions they ask about mm. it, of the criticism they, they give the government at the moment. Mm. And they are being thrown into that pool of so-called NGOs and Western, uh, you know, organizations who mm. want regime change. Mm. So they are silenced in a way um, where that is concerned as well. And then we have the, the ruling party um, youth um, league who is uh, in disarray, mm. Mm. Um, in my opinion. Sure. They where they're supposed to absolutely be proactive and mm. constructively mm. be sure. there mm. um, with the policy decisions that the ANC make. They are making just sweeping statements, uh, creating more division and um, perpetuating the factionalism. Mm. So as a party, they have real challenges where this is concerned. And again, I don't see this particular leadership um, having the ability to deal with that. Well, thank you, Dr. Inahos, for your time. That's Dr. Inahos, a senior lecturer in political studies and governance at the University of Free State and also political analyst. Thank you to Tulane Mpangani, who holds an honors degree in industrial psychology. and wrote a great piece. You must go check it out. Where can we check out your piece, uh, ANC Social Transformation Policy? Uh, you can check out my piece on the SABC website from the opinion section. Uh, you can also check it out on Democracy Works on their on their website. Mm. I think it's www.democracyworks.co.za, and then uh, also on the ASRI website, asri.co.za. Well, thank you so much for coming through, Tulani. And I know that this was your first uh, interview on radio, so well <laughs> done. You did a pretty good job, pretty good job. But for me, Benjamin Shatham, until next time, uh, God bless. Uh, let's end it with some music. This is Bring Him Back, Mandela by Humasikela. Wow.